Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, and Hughes. In this episode, I was joined by Elvie Morrison to chat about being brave, about taking risks, about being vulnerable and how all of that combined takes you on a path to success. What was really interesting and something we didn't know about each other was that we both lost our mum at roughly the same time in our life. So our conversation actually goes off at a tangent to talk about that journey and what it's like to be a young teenager and lose your mum and go on with your life and how that affects it. It was one of the best conversations I've had in such a long time and I'm so delighted that I met Elvie recently and that she wanted to come on the podcast. I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. Elvie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, tell us a bit about you. I lead a very busy life. I am a director of fundraising and communications at a small mental illness charity, Morty Charity. But I've been in the charity sector for about 20 years, a lot in leadership positions. I've got three young kids, so that makes life interesting and chaotic and a bit emotional. <laughs> and... I just love people and so I found during the pandemic actually so while I love people I'm like you know definitely with the organizers of my group of friends and stuff love finding out that what people are up to and what makes them tick and what particularly in a work setting what affects their confidence and things like that but definitely during the pandemic and since whilst I've always been an absolute extrovert I definitely needed, probably because I was homeschooling at the time. <laughs> um, like, the, I, I definitely have gone mo- more in the middle in some ways of the recoup of what an introvert, I think, might need. So I, I do like to spend a lot of time on my own where I can yeah. <laughs> to uh-huh. get a bit of peace and quiet as yeah. well. So, so yeah. Great, yeah. great. I share, I empathise with that as being very extroverted. I also recognise that actually too much time with too many people is exhausting. And so I need those days where I don't, I don't. So it's changed for me in the pandemic too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're so like, I love, oh, I love a brainstorm and or whatever type of meeting. I just really enjoy hearing people's ideas and getting people together. But I think because I put so much into it energy wise and or prep or whatever, if I'm leading the meeting particularly, yeah, there was a day a little while ago by 11 o'clock, I'd had like seven meetings and I was like on the on my back on the floor. So <laughs> I talk. It's been really good. It was, it's been really good actually because afterwards I've spent about three months working with my PA who I've not had, I've not had a PA before until this role that I've got now, like really working together to sort of work out how does my brain work? When are the good, like how much meeting time is enough? How, how can I make the working week work well for me so I can get the fun social and important meetings in but also have the calm quiet time to get the work done but not feel overwhelmed and not feel dead on your feet by the end of the day so important it's been quite interesting yeah I mean there's always learning to be done but yeah really like work in a much better way now thanks to yes the lovely Zoe at my work so yeah perfect perfect so I know you've been thinking about this for a few weeks because I first met you maybe a month ago, Elvie, I think. Yeah. So tell me, what do you know for sure? What I know for sure, if you're brave and if you take risks and do that so that you can share your feelings and experiences with people, I think it puts you on a path for success. 
Mm. And that, I think, is as important in the workplace as it is in life in general. Yeah, and is that something new for you? Like when we first spoke and I told you about the podcast and you started thinking, did that come to you pretty quickly? Is that is that new or is that something you feel you've known for a while? I was sort of just reflecting on it, thinking, what do I actually know for sure as we were talking about this, getting together? But I, I suppose it's been unconscious the way that it's happened, but I was just thinking... I'm really proud of what I've achieved in work. If we're just talking about work here, I'm really proud of what I've achieved. You know, I've, I've sort of worked my way up from, you know, I used to be an admin assistant in Macmillan Cancer Support and spent a lot of time there and worked my way up in various roles. Ended up being the chief exec of a small charity. Went through quite a tricky learning, I suppose, in one charity. Merged another charity with another, like loads of weird and wonderful things that you do in the fun- in fundraising but on the backdrop of having two then three small children well first one first I guess but you know having three small children living in London where my immediate you know my sisters and my, my dad aren't aren't close by my husband's family are but we've all got lots of kids between us so it really like you know right I haven't really got that village we haven't really got that it really does take a village to bring up kids and yeah. I haven't really got that close by as much as I would like to. I think that's probably the case for lots of people. So, you know, on the backdrop of that, I'm really proud of where I've I've got to. But I think, yes, I am a good fundraiser. Yes, I work hard. Yes, I'm ambitious and all the rest of it. But I think the thing that's really served as well and that has helped me feel like I'm successful, but also helped, I, I hope, helped other people feel that they have become more successful and that's really important to us with the people I work with around me is that sort of being able to be vulnerable with mm-hmm. people I've worked for some people like some bosses that I've had who were very uh, directive or were very sort of closed book and that didn't help me express oh I feel a bit nervous about this I don't know what I'm doing here or and also made us think that they, they just know what they're doing all the time. Yeah. They're so confident. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's so not the case. Like, everyone is really just winging it a bit, really, and figuring it out as we go along. But I think by saying to people, your peers, but most importantly, the people that you work with and in your team, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I feel really, I'm really not sure about this. Or, Cause you know, I've really felt... Because mm-hmm, it creates such a safe space, doesn't it? As you know, in doing this podcast and some other podcasts that, as you know, I do within the third sector too, I have these conversations a lot, and that willingness to show a bit of vulnerability, like you say, it actually really makes a safe space for teams to do much better because then people are willing to be vulnerable in front of each other, and I think that makes it much more exciting, much more accepting, doesn't it? I think so. And and also, like, it really, I mean, it, I would imagine people find it easier to praise people than say, like, there's something that we need to work on here. But also, but you've got to have those conversations. But but it, I think if you are, I think from your own sort of personal, I don't know, is it a personal responsibility thing? But if you can voice to someone... I'm struggling with this or I did really well there I would like to do it again then 
people you've you've got a team of people around you who will help you uh-huh. <laughs> but you, no one's a mind reader are they and, exactly. and so you have I do a lot of mentoring which is where we're you know we we first got in touch and weirdly I think you have those I think you have those conversations in a mentoring and coaching environment where people just don't have those sorts of conversations with the line managers and it's such a shame because you could really progress you, you know like you could really understand each other you could I think burnout could be approached in a different way or you could stop it in people before it takes over them because you're more aware of how people are feeling you know people have lives outside of work that I think a while ago people were very much like these are my work clothes and these are my weekend clothes Mm -hmm. or you know and separate their lives like the same as well but I've always just thought well I'm just me you know I can't Mm -hmm. think if I if I've had a rough morning with the kids because they won't get their shoes on before school, like I will feel a bit flustered and like I need a cup of coffee before I do anything. And it's okay to say, God, I feel like I've been up half a day already. Uh-huh. And it just helps the temperature and you just get to know, we've talked a bit about that, you just get to know people much better for the whole person and that helps you work together and be more understanding and help, I think, just you know you you can see where people might struggle or where you can see where their real strengths are and that they've got a real superpower somewhere and it's come from they've learned to get over a big obstacle or it's just I just think think it helps people feel more confident about themselves yeah certainly does and I think at the start there if I take you back you said that about bravery and about taking risks and you've talked so much about that vulnerability piece in work, which, you know, we can all probably get, even if we don't witness it or we don't practice it. But see that urge to be brave. Has that something you think that you've always had? Because I reflect on the decisions that I have made in my career. If we look at my career, I think a lot of my bravery came because I was, as you know, really unwell at one point. And so therefore the bravery was like, it wasn't that brave because I've been, just been through you know, such a difficult time, so this, I can yeah. do this. I think I've probably always been quite brave, I think. Oh, I don't know. But, <laughs> do you know, where in your yeah. life do you start to see that that bravery coming through? If you were to reflect on, back on your life. Has it been there since you were a wee girl? Yeah, I think I've always felt like I could do what I wanted to do if I just put my mind to it, I think. Mm-hmm. So whether that's nurtured or that's something that's just in us, but... Yeah, you've had, you know, like lots of people had tough experiences. My, my mum died when I was young, I was I was 14. And similar to what you've said there, I think that puts life into perspective a bit, doesn't it? And so you think, well, I, I've got a thing about time. I don't know. Sometimes I think, oh, is this healthy or not? But I think, you know, I, I always think life is so short. Yeah. Like, make the most of it. Do the thing that you want to do. Like, it doesn't have to be. Like, you're in charge of your own life, aren't you? So if you want to do something, do it. Do you know, it's so <laughs> interesting. And we didn't chat about this, Elvie, because we wouldn't have in what we were talking about. But my mum died as well just after my 14th birthday. Oh, really? And I'm going to be 48. And that's what age she was when she died. And I'm going to be 48 in a few weeks. And I thought, by the 20th of April, I will have lived longer than my mum did because she died the, the week after her birthday. And I feel a real like, wow. Well, she definitely wasn't old enough. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> she hadn't yeah. lived enough. I really know that because I've not nearly lived enough. 
But do you have that common thing that goes on with you where you think, goodness, now I'm on time that she didn't get? Have you had that thought? It's interesting. No, I haven't had that same thought, but it's a really interesting thing to think about. I wonder if my older sister, who's about the same age that my mum was when she died, has thought about it in that way. But I do often think... It does, like, you know, the closer you get to... I suppose when you become a parent, you can empathise with your parents a bit more, you understand yeah. a bit more. So <laughs> it is that thing there. But I do think when I... Of all of me and my sister's kids, I think... Because my younger sister was only nine when, when my mum died. So I think, God, it was so little. And, like, it's such a shame, you know, like mm-hmm. all of the things that have been missed. And at the time, you're just... Do, you know, you... you you're a kid, your brain hasn't developed in that way yet, but also you're just going through it. You haven't, you're not mm. reflecting on it, are you? So I think when you do get that chance to stand back, you just think, God, yeah, it's like you did really well to get through that. And, you know, we've probably got lots of baggage from it that we need to be in um, to talk through for many years and whatever. But I will, I will think about it. I think for me, it was for me it was interesting because my gran also died when she was forty eight. So forty eight is like not the most loved. So do you feel age. like nervous? Does it make you feel nervous about it, or does it make you think I've done well, or what else can I do? Well, when um, I think you know that I had a brain injury, I had a brain aneurysm six years ago, and when I woke up in the hospital because that happened out of the blue, I wasn't surprised because I always thought something was going to happen to me. Right. So, right. So I had that. Since then, and a lot of the work that I've been doing and the learning I've been doing and a coach that I worked with as well, I sort of realised it was just a thought. It was never real, you know? She she died of leukaemia. It wasn't something genetic, so I was never getting it. That realisation that it was just a thought was a bit life-changing because I thought, well, you know, I've always believed that to be true. Like, you so know, it sort of freed you a bit. So it's, yeah. if I, what it's done for me actually has opened a whole world to me because I thought, if I believed that so much... And that's not true. What else do I believe that's bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I think it gives me a real, like, I always talk about getting old as a privilege because not everybody gets to get old. Yeah. So I'm always yeah. very, like, you know, like, it's lucky you're lucky to get old. Don't own, moan about getting old. Getting old is a good mm. thing because the alternative is dying young. But, gosh, I think we've taken this away from your brave and your take risks. <sighs> But it's just interesting to meet somebody else that had that same experience. Do you think that's probably where your bravery comes with? I think when I talk about resilience, which I do workshops on resilience, and I think resilience isn't something you're born with. I think it's a muscle that you have to exercise over life. Oh, yeah. And so a lot of my resilience was built in, in that time when she was unwell and then passed away. Do you feel the same, that that bravery you've got, that ability to take risks, is because you know what it's like to be really in a really low, awful place, not understanding what's going on with your world? Possibly. I mean, I agree with you. I think it is a muscle that you just learn to flex. I think a lot. it's very tempting to just not do that, to leave it and think, no, not doing that. Again, I don't think I was very reflective at the time. And, I, I, you know, and probably because it was traumatic, even yeah. though it didn't feel like, weirdly, it didn't, you know, we, we all spoke about it very openly. I knew she had cancer, so I knew she was, you know, we knew that it was coming. You know, we're a tight family. We sort of did, got on with it as best we could at, at the time is how I remember it. But I think I've sort of, <laughs> in a work scenario, I've sort of always ended up seeking out 
maybe subconsciously, the jobs that I've got have always been quite like balls of wool to un- untangle. Mm. Um, I mean, I suppose that's true of everything, it's, but it always makes me laugh when I start a new role. I think, oh, this is so similar to the, the, the one that I picked up last time. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, I've, le- I've realised that if you just roll your sleeves up and get in, like you discover that you you can be pretty good at loads of things. So um, mm-hmm. I think I've just, maybe it does, you know, in the back of my mind, right, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like I've seen a bad thing, you yeah. know, I've experienced like something that I would have preferred not to have happened. So, you know, might as well just try it out. Exactly. What you might discover. It's like food. How do you know you don't like it until you try it? Exactly. And I think, you know, taking on projects like you, I love to take on complicated projects because I get, I suppose, a lot of satisfaction in doing that in the in a kind way, helping people go through those difficult times. But the amount of satisfaction you get when you untangle the ball of wool, like you say, yeah. is so much better than if I was to be given a team to go in and manage for a while that were all perfectly working to target, nobody had any issues with each other, everything was going swimmingly, I'd probably be bored, Elsie. Yeah. <laughs> I know, this is it. But I think, I think as well, because, like... There was a time when I where I worked somewhere that had had quite a difficult environment to work in, not just because of the fundraising environment, but also the team just was a difficult. There was lots of different issues, and there was a training. The budget for training was slashed. There was no training um, budget, and I was like, I really need some motivation here. And I just used to, you know, I've probably watched hundreds of TED talks and I was just doing that to keep myself going and and then I, that helped me and then I worked with a, a guy came in and worked with us and he really helped us believe in ourselves again it was really great Rob but and so I've really experienced times even though I have got that resilience I've really experienced times when I haven't been confident either and it's been either through myself find you know pushing myself to get back to finding my mojo again or having some really key people who have been like come on you can do this you're you're good or what you know whatever Mm -hmm. it is and so I think it's really important to be that's why going back to that vulnerable thing it's important to show that everyone feels like that and I want to pay it forward a bit really and be that like you can do this come on and help people find that confidence about again but it only comes if you can say what you're feeling you know, nervous about and I feel as if people often say to me oh but you'll be fine because you're always okay and you always pull yourself up and you're so positive as if that is like natural I mean some of it maybe is natural but sometimes I also need to dig really deep in oh, order yeah. to be resilient, in order to be positive, in order to push myself forward. And therefore, it's trying to tell other people, it doesn't come easy. You have to put the work in to being a positive person, being a resilient person. You know, you do have to do stuff to pull yourself out of dark places. And everybody, that's open to us all, isn't it, Elvie? We've all got yeah. the option to watch multiple TED Talks, to listen to, <laughs> you know, to do all that stuff. Because when I woke up in the hospital, I remember and understood what had happened to me. I remember having the thought, ah, now I get why I went to so many workshops, read so many personal development books, listened to so many talks, did all the stuff that I did. It all brought me to this moment. And now I know it saved my life because then I knew how to move forward. So I suppose if there's anything that I would take from this conversation, it is that you need to act actually 
Go out there and make stuff happen. Take risks. Know that you'll stand again. Know that you'll be okay. Be vulnerable because on the other side of the vulnerability, you'll get to see how amazing you are, won't you? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. And and also, and, and you are the... Everyone is busy in their own heads and their own lives, so there'll be people around who will support you, but you are the one who's... In, you can't expect anyone else to do that for you. They'll, they'll help you, but you are the one who has to make the choice. It is a choice, so you've just got to make it and put yourself in the centre of your own world and say, right, what do I need? Let me find out how I can do it, yeah. Exactly. Oh, it's been such a good conversation, Elvie. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's been lovely. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching Anne Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching Anne Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, annehughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.